Welcome back to the Odessa First Assembly podcast. I'm Tony, the Digital Ministry Manager here at OFA, and we're excited to bring you our new sermon series, Unless the Lord Builds the House. Throughout this series, we'll be exploring what it means to be a healthy church, how we can grow the kingdom of God, and what revival truly looks like in our lives and communities. We'll be diving deep into the Word of God to uncover the principles and practices that will help us build our spiritual homes on a strong foundation. So sit back, relax, and get ready to be challenged and inspired as we embark on this journey of growth and renewal together. Without further ado, here's Pastor Todd Starnes with today's message from Unless the Lord Builds the House. Already making all kinds of noise. So if you have your Bibles, turn to the book of Acts. Acts Psalm 127 has been our theme verse. Acts chapter 2 is kind of what we're looking at this morning. And so if you'll notice, if you have the notes, of course we have... Uh, you can go to uversion.com or the Bible app, and we, we have our notes there. Um, if you're watching online through Odessa First, our website, you have the notes access there. There's all kinds of ways. But there are, I have 10 points. Thank you. All right, Sammy's with me. He's, he's ready. So, but I'm thinking I may only do five this morning, and uh, we'll see. So, if I only do five, we'll do the other five next week. So, don't worry. But uh, last week, kind of, I just want to say that you guys were so responsive last week. We kind of, we did something different last week of just in response of wanting the Lord to move and work. And uh, so many, many lingered for a long time in the presence of the Lord. I believe it was a special day. And uh, I just want to thank you for your response to that. And even this morning, um, normally we don't go that long, and I mean, which is okay. That's not a that's a good thing of just allowing the Lord to do whatever He wants to do. We may have a plan, and um, but we want God to have His way. And so, I, just really quick, if you heard, I, I do want to talk about this for a second. Um, anybody heard about the Jesus Revolution movie? Anybody heard about that? Who's been to see it? Who's who, some of you? So. I mean, if you don't know, the Jesus movement, it's out from the late 60s and 70s, and there's a lot of history there. And so they've, there's been a movie out now Chuck, about Chuck Smith and um, uh, oh, what's his name and the other guy in California, Greg Laurie. And so uh, anyway, just uh, I've heard great things about it. But something I want to point out about that movie is that the co-director, his name is Brent McCorkle, is an AG pastor's kid. And so um, he's actually been a lot, involved in a lot of projects, but his dad was our national youth director for some years and uh, a pastor's son. And so what's interesting is, is that Brent, uh, he uh, grew up participating in fine arts. As a matter of fact, I, some of the names fail me right now, but there's, a, there's quite a few recording Christian artists that were winners in uh, the fine arts competition at Nationals. And um, I can't remember her name, but the girl part of, well, probably not too many know Group One Crew. I know Group One Crew. Anybody else know Group One Crew? Yeah, they're, Group One Crew's pretty cool. And so, but she was a, a, a merit winner of fine arts. But, and so Brent, he participated in that. And he's also, he was the editor and composer for Woodlawn. Anybody ever see Woodlawn? That was another Christian movie that came out. He was involved with that. He also co-wrote, co-edited and uh, composed the score to I Can Only Imagine. Do you ever see I Can Only Imagine? So he's been involved in some projects, and so I haven't seen the movie. I've heard good things from a lot of people. That may be one that you want to see. So, But let's pray, and then we're going to look at a verse. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this morning, and it's the work of your Spirit. And I pray once again that our hearts be good soil, Lord, ready 
to receive your word, that we would not hear your word and go away forgetting what we heard, like looking to a reflection and, and forgetting the reflection. But Lord, we would be doers of your word. There would be something that shift inside of us and that we would move forward in the name of Jesus. Amen. So Psalm chapter 127, verse 1, been our theme verse. We're, we're moving forward of trying to um, remodel our sanctuary, get some safety issues taken care of, our fellowship hall. We'll talk more about that tonight. But Psalm 127, 1, unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. What we know is that what we're trying to say, what I'm trying to champion, I guess at least, is that we do our part. We do all that we can do. We want to be obedient to the Lord, and so we do all that we can do. One way to say it is that we just live according to our reasonable act of service. And while me, that as we just be believers, we be disciples of Jesus, we, we follow him and allow his full work in our life, we do that and God takes care of the rest. I mean, and we need him to take care of the rest. We can't do it in our own power or strength, but God can. And so as I've been processing this, I, I intended this to kind of be a two-part thing anyway, and then last week happened, and so but we're going to see how far we get. But what I want to talk to you about this morning is a healthy church, is what does it mean? Let's look at Scripture, and what does it mean to be a healthy church? This is really important, because if you didn't know, there's a lot of churches that are a lot of families, and that's dysfunctional. I mean, we live in a society now that there's a lot of, of issues with the core of the family, and we see that in church as well. I'm going to tell you, now you're, you're never going to be a part of a church that hurt doesn't happen. You're never going to be a part of a church that is just perfect all the time. Something I say about us and, and you may be perfect. There, there may have been a star over your manger. I mean, when, when the announcement of your birth went out, there may have been shepherds going through the mall telling people that you're going to be born. But it wasn't the case for me. And I believe that we're the perfect church for imperfect people. And I, I know that's a term that, you know, so many churches use, but it's, it's who it's become our identity, part of our our DNA, but I'm going to tell you, there are a lot of unhealthy churches. There's unhealthy pastors, there's unhealthy churches, and it creates this vicious cycle of a lot of church hurt. And so it is important to be a healthy church, and the Bible lays that out for us. Isn't that awesome, of what it means to be a healthy church? And so that's a little bit what I want to look at this morning. And, and I think about this, and so you're going to hear me be pretty repetitive over some statements that we say around here, and there's a reason for that. Anybody heard of the Ritz-Carlton? Anybody heard of the Ritz-Carlton? It's kind of a hotel, pretty famous. And, and they're really known for their customer service. And they have 12, this kind of fascinated me, they have 12 values, what they call it, about their service. And so what they do, they break those down, and every day, every employee comes in, every employee comes in 15 minutes before their shifts, like on the floor starts, and they go over these values. And so each value is taught 30 times in a year for 15 minutes before they go to work. And so they, and if you know anything about Disney and just the, the power of what it is to be repetitive and the power of what it is to have a set of values that, that you, your company goes by. I'm, we're not trying to be a corporation. 
I want to be a church. I want to be a family. I want to be a body. But yet we still see in Scripture so many powerful things. You learn music. Our fine arts comp- competitors, um, they have to sing their music by memory. And so that takes going over and over and over and over and over and the song in their head. When you look at whether it be a sport, football, basketball, I mean, where do you, what's the foundation? Is all the fundamentals. I think that the NFL needs to go back to learn how to tackle. But anyway, that's a whole nother soapbox. It's like, wrap up. And nobody shares that frustration. Okay. Anyway, um, so we see it over and over and over. And I, I do believe when you look at Scripture, there are messages that I get us to preach over and over and over. Uh, there is a pastor in our district, and he was sharing something. And it just kind of, I was like, you know what? I, I know how you feel. But he, felt, he really felt as a directive of the Lord. And he was sharing in a testimony that he went through a season where he preached. The Lord spoke to him every week. And he, he preached the same sermon like five times. And he's like, Lord, what are you? He's like, we're going to preach this until they get it type of thing, you know. And so maybe you'll get that next week. I don't know. I'm, I'm joking. So, But there's, there's, there's a point in it, and it really describes who we are. And so just really quick, some of these you heard before. But I just want to kind of lay the introduction, the foundation of the, to remind us who we want to be, who we are. And that is that found people find people. That's the way that we describe about that we have to be a people that are focused on those around us. We, we call people, there's a, a church term that we call people who aren't saved lost people. Anybody ever heard that term? The lost and lost. And that's adequate, that's good, that's fine, that's whatever. But sometimes when I'm praying, I, I think of it more as that they are not necessarily lost, but the sought and I'll tell you why. Because he came to seek and to save that which was lost. And so they're just not the lost people. They're the ones that Jesus is after. I mean, when, when we hear that, that old quote from revival's past, that the lamb deserves the reward of a suffering, that is us when we come to faith. And so if we are ones that have found Jesus, or Jesus found us, and we have turned our life over to him, and he is our Lord, then I, I went through it where there was a couple of weeks ago about, I mean, the far majority of people are going to respond to the gospel, not through me, not through a pulpit, not through an evangelism event, but simply you in the pew and your relationships. 86% of people come to church because of you in the pew. We also believe that saved people serve. Saved people serve. I think we are very, now, there is always need. There will always need. And, you know, I've been to mega churches and big churches. One time years ago, I went to a big church, and a a church that ran about 15,000 people. And it just really warmed my heart because they were, they did this announcement, this video announcement. I saw it in the bulletin, and they were like on the platform during announcements begging people to serve somewhere. And I thought, it's just not us. <laughs> but I do think that we're blessed. I think our percentages of, of, of so many churches are higher than just the normal. But I'm going to tell you, we can, we can only grow as a church and go as far as what you are willing to serve. And that's the reality. And we have needs. We have needs in nursery. But if you, are, if you are a believer, then you need to find a place to serve. Growing people change. 
And we, we say this a lot. And I, I you know, there's a verse that I, I'm going to be preaching on this. I'm going to, I think I'm going to do a series called That's What We Were. But First um, Corinthians chapter 6, I do want to share this. It's not going to be on the screen, but chapter 6, beginning in verse 9, it says, Don't you realize that those who do wrong will not inherit the kingdom of God? Don't fool yourself. Those who indulge in sexual sin or worship idols, commit adultery, or male prostitutes, or practice homosexuality, you understand that this is not coming from the Gospel of Todd, right? This, I'm just reading you Bible. Male prostitutes practice homosexuality or thieves or greedy people or drunkards or abusive or cheat people. None of these will inherit the kingdom of God. And verse 11 is the key to me. Some of you were once like that. How many is a were? I like being a were. That's what I was. That's what I were. And I encountered grace. I encountered his mercy. We also are a church that wants to do life together. We, we, you probably hear this more than anything, to do life together. And one, another one that we're learning more with this as we're trying to raise funds and our faith promises and, and, and working to, on our building and a remodel is that you can't outgive God. You can't, listen, if there is a principle that I know, I have never found the end of God's resources. And I, I kind of added on there is, I mean, we give because the Lord it, we find it in his word. It's an act of obedience. But you know, it really comes down to it. It's a heart issue. And we give because we love. And so as I was thinking about this, um, listen, I, I, and, and there's so many other ways we express things. Don't stay too close where you got in. Chase this morning was telling me how he fell out of bed last night. I said, you're going to be an illustration this morning. I'm just giving you a warning. He said, I got in, I was on the edge of the bed, and he fell out. And that's what happens with so many believers. They stay too close to where they got in at. you got to move forward. Um, come as you are. We're in no judgment zone. Don't do life alone. We take people from where they are to where God wants them to be. Read your Bible. Read your Bible. Did you know, one, did you know only one in five um, Christians read their Bible every day? I mean, it's really astounding. Well, there's also something we talk about, pray first. All those things we emphasize because they're biblical principles that we're trying to adopt and we want to live out in our life. And so we want to pick up in Acts chapter 2 and verse 42. I'm not going to read the whole passage just to save time, but we're going to take this verse by verse a little bit. And we're going to begin in Acts chapter 2 and verse 42. And we're going to start at the beginning. And it says this, And they were devoted, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. They have devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. What do we gain from that? That the Bible is our guidebook for living. Listen to me. We need to be people that aren't just hearing about God's word, but that we're reading it for ourselves. We're, we're studying for ourselves. In the last two years, it's, you know, it's there's so much that's come so polarizing. Listen to me. If you don't want to be, you know, care, there's so much opinion, whether it be social media or news or any, but I'm going to tell you, if you live your life according to the biblical standard, you're going to be okay. Now, not everybody may, not everybody's going to agree with you, and some may even persecute you, if I may use that word, but it's important that we are biblical 
in our living. Our goal is to learn what the Bible says, what it means, and how to apply it to our life. Scripture must be our guide. We're, we're not driven by politics. We're not driven by preference. We're not driven by opinion. We've got to be driven by the Word of God. And I'm going to tell you that there's a lot of people that justify a lot of things in their life but Scripture speaks directly opposite on how they're living. And I've had so many, and more and more and more, I've had these conversations of people, literally, I mean, I mean people that have been saved a while. And, they're, and, and them actually say, God's okay with me doing this. It's like, no. Chapter and verse. I'm, that was a little too facetious, probably. We have to live by the word of God. You're going to have, listen, I, I was talking to a young man Friday night. Our, there's lots of things I feel, and sometimes your feelings are right, but eventually your feelings are going to betray you because we don't live by sight, we live by faith. And we take God's word by faith, and we live it out by faith. And so we want to be biblical Christians, Christians that claim to believe the Bible is God's word, divinely inspired and errant in his message to us, but we need to be reading it. There was a, a, a research done that 45% of those who regularly attend church read their Bible only once a week. That church, that, listen, that is not enough. And I, we try to do all that we can to help you. We really do. I mean, every year we put a Bible plan out on the information as to read your Bible through a year. It's in our, your weekly email. If you get our weekly email about events, it's every week. It gives that week's scriptures laid out to do all that we can to get you to read God's word. How are, we, how are growing people going to change is to develop lifelong followers of Jesus. How are we going to be lifelong followers of Jesus? It's going to be through his word. And then we look at Acts chapter 2 and verse 42, and it says, all the believers devoted themselves to the apostle teaching, and it says, and to fellowship. Now, I, I think church people, we really, 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 really like fellowship. Fellowship is an old word that maybe some may not be too familiar with, but I think most are. It's about having, spending time together. It's like, you know, doing potlucks together. It's having a party. It's getting together. It's about family being together, loving on one another. And so number two, a healthy church lives life together. Listen, if we're going to do this thing, we can't do it by ourselves. We need one another. Because it's there, one another. We can pray for one another. We can be there for one another. We can strengthen one another. The lion always tries to separate the weak. And if the enemy walks about like a roaring lion, you don't want to be found alone. I mean, Scripture even admonishes us, do not forsake the assembling of each other. And especially right now. <laughs> That's that little, you know, my reading into that, but you know what I mean. And so you find friends and fellowship. You know, and we try to do all that we can do. Listen, we have the Atkins Home Group. We, Tony Lee's Living Free on Monday night. On Wednesday nights, we have, we, well, right now we're doing love and respect, but we have a, a men's Bible study, a women's Bible study. We have youth and kids. And I'm going to tell you, we need another home group like what the Atkins are doing in their home. If you are one that is in that group, I'm going to tell you, maybe it's time to start your own. Is that okay that I say that, Sharman? I don't mean to take your people from you, but I, I know Mike and Sharman are okay with that. 
listen, we, we, that, that's, where, that, that's where we really make connection. And I'll tell you somewhere else where you make it. You'll make connection like in no other way if you serve. I mean, serving alone is like being part of a connect group. Fellowship is something that is more than just showing up at a potluck. It's something um, that's more than, than just uh, you know, getting together and playing some games, but it is us acting out and being the body of Christ. It's not about what you think you're doing or, or, or what you're, you know, what, what we want to do is find the purpose of being there for one another. We don't want you to do life alone, and that's really simply what it comes down to. And so in our church, here's what I believe. Are you from a different country? We got that. Are you a blended family because of divorce? We got that. Do you have a spouse that's not serving the Lord? We've got that. Are you looking for a perfect church for imperfect people? We are that. Are you struggling in your marriage? We got that. Are are you discouraged because you mess up and then mess up again and then mess up again? And then again, and then again, you know, we got that too. And that's okay. A man may fall down six times, but a righteous man gets up seven. Have you served God all of your life and need to be around mature believers? You know, we have that too. Are you brand new in your faith? We have that too. Are you one that's not saved yet? You know what? We got that too. It's inconvenient, it's messy, it's frustrating, it's not easy, but it is worth every bit of it to live out Christian community in that way. We can laugh together, we can cry together, we can hurt together, we can pray for one another, we can speak life into one another, we can listen to one another, we can be a healthy family of God. Acts 2.42, all the believers devoted themselves and the apostles' teaching and the fellowship and to the sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer, and to prayer. A healthy church is number three, a praying church. A healthy church is number three, a praying church. Prayer is a dynamic, ongoing, intimate conversation with God. I want you to listen to that definition. A prayer is a dynamic, ongoing, intimate conversation with God. There's all kinds of scriptures wrapped up in this, that one statement. That we pray without ceasing. That we're, we're communicating, we're worshiping God. We're, we're bringing our, our requests, our, our, our requests are being made known to the Lord. We're coming boldly to the throne of grace. There's all kinds of things wrapped up in that and what prayer is. Prayer is just not repeating a phrase over and over and over and over. What prayer is, is just a conversation. Too many people do not pray because they don't think they're eloquent in their prayer. God's not cared about how eloquent you sound. He wants to talk to his sons and his daughters. He wants to have communication with you. We connect with God through worship and prayer. It's a way that we connect with him. That we build and strengthen our relationship. Wouldn't it be odd for, I mean, if me and Angela got married 25 years ago... And that was the last conversation that we had. That would be a little bit weird. There probably wouldn't be a marriage there. Yeah, there's a whole lot of believers that still claim to be a believer. Maybe I, I might have had too much coffee this morning. Huh? I didn't mean to say it that way. So we want to connect with God through worship and prayer. And here's, here's what, here's, 
I'm, we're going to make it. I told Angela that this week as we're going to make a T-shirt. Pray first. Before you worry, pray. Before you go to anxiety, pray. Before you go to gossip, pray. Pray first. Before you tell somebody else what the doctor told you, pray first. Pray first. We have our 21 days of fasting and prayer. We usually do that in January. This October, we'll have another 21 days of prayer. If you want to fast, well, of course, we encourage that. But it's times of the year that we just emphasize, yes, we want to be a praying church. Is this okay this morning? Are you all all with me? Acts chapter 2, verse 43. I love this one. A deep sense of awe came over them all. And so you had to understand what's happening here, right? So in Acts, you know what happens? The, the Bible tells us about how they were all together in one place, or in this place called the upper room, and they experienced the Holy Spirit of what we call Pentecost. And so the wind blew, there's fire that came down, and there's, these, there's this group of people in this upper room, and they begin to speak in unknown languages. And some of the languages that they spoke in were from the people in the city, and the people in the city knew, because they're from all over, that those men were speaking in language that they were, because they were unlearned men, they didn't know, and it caught their attention. And then Peter preaches, and he talks about the whole crucifixion of Jesus and his resurrection, and, the, and thousands get saved that day, the birth of the church. Beautiful moment. Of course, we still believe in Pentecost. We'll talk about that in just a few moments. But a deep sense. So there's this thing. They're coming together. They're fellowshipping together. They're praying together. The apostles are teaching them. And this is the birth of the church. And it says that they had a deep sense of awe came over them all. Listen, I don't know all that you've experienced of God's presence. I don't know. I mean, you may be a believer that's been around for, for 60 years and have seen some tremendous things of God. Regardless if it's a moment, that just a moment ago you got saved for the first time, or it's 50, 60 years, I'm going to tell you, there is more that God has. And there, we, to, just to, be, to hold God, God in awe, that he's an awesome God. But it says, a deep sense of awe came over them all. Listen, there's a lot I could talk about that, but the way I want to relate it to us is this, is that a healthy church is humble. Listen, and I, I want to say this to our fine arts people, it is far more important to me as a pastor, and, and this goes for everybody, that we be the light before we want to be in the light. We got too many people that are chasing the platform and then it's need to be the light. If you want to, if you be the light, then God will give you the platform. The people were filled in awe with what God was doing, and they, they were just, they were just, they just had this awe. And and we we have the opportunity, you know. So many times I get to do leadership conferences and 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 speak at different places. And something I always tell people is that people are not objects; they are the goal. Listen, the reason that we are here is not to make a name for ourselves. Listen, I'll tell you. I, listen, I, I've gotten to speak in some pretty significant crowds and some pretty significant places. I have never cared for my name to be, you know, the, 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 the headliner. I, I, I could care less if my name's ever on a book. I, some, I, I have a dream one day that I'm going to write a book. I don't, Angela will have to, whole, she'll have to do a whole lot more work than I do with editing, but anyway, because of my grammar skills, and wouldn't that be, I would love to go to my English teacher one day and hand her my book. I mean, you talking about somebody be like, are you kidding me? Anyway, well, where was I? I don't even know what I was talking about now. 
And so we may all have dreams. But listen, I, what, what I do want to, I, 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 I'll tell you who I do want to know my name, and that's hell. Not hell because they're expecting me to get there, but hell because we're emptying it. Hell because we're seeing freedom and chains broken and people come to faith and marriages healed and addicts set free. Because it's always going to be about people. Acts chapter 2 verse 43. And this we get to our last one. Acts chapter 2 and verse 43. A deep sense of awe came over them all. And we'll pick up the next five ne- next week. But a deep sense came over them all. And the apostles performed many miracles, signs, and wonders. Many miracles, signs, and wonders. I'm going to tell you that what I believe is that a healthy church is a supernatural church. A healthy church is a supernatural church. Supernatural is when God does something that we can't do. Listen, it's something we've been talking about, it, right? We do all that we can do, and the rest is up to the Lord. But I'm going to tell you, I also believe that the Lord expects us and wants us to step out and walk in faith. Miracles just don't happen. It's not something that happens by coincidence. Listen, God's, the the scripture is clear about the presence of the, the glory of the Lord. The Bible says that the whole earth is full of his glory. His presence is everywhere. He has promised that he'll never leave us nor forsake us. That he'll be always low, even the end of the age. That's his promise to us. He has sent us the promise of the Holy Spirit to not just be on us, but in us, scripture says. But I'm going to tell you that God does that to work through you. Listen, when a drug addict or a control freak or an alcoholic is set free, that's a miracle, that's supernatural. When a sick body is healed, that's a miracle, that's supernatural. When a marriage is restored, that's a miracle, that's supernatural. When a person with a bad attitude gets a good attitude, that's a miracle. When a person with, uh, when, when, when a greedy person becomes a giving person, that's supernatural. When someone who has been trapped in a cycle of depression but finds peace and joy, that's a miracle. That's supernatural. When destructive gossip becomes an encouraging friend, that's a miracle. When a sinner accepts Jesus, that's the, one of the greatest miracles of them all. We need to be a church of the supernatural. And the only way that's going to happen is our connect through God in worship, our intercession that we give to the Lord, our fasting and our praying and our faithfulness. I'm praying for God to do miracles in our church in a great way. You know, I think back to when... um, the name of the church, it shouldn't have, it slips in my mind, but, um, you know, Joel Osteen didn't start his church, his dad did, John Osteen, whatever the name of that church is, I can't remember, in Houston. But when John Osteen started that church, they had, like, what that lined the walls on the outsides of, of uh, in the sanctuary, they had, like, crutches hanging on walls. They had, like, wheelchairs parked. I thought I'd get an amen right there, I mean... <laughs> I mean, wouldn't, and 
I don't want to see those things because then we get some acclaim or, or some status. I want to see it because I want to see people healed. I want to see it because God promised it. If he promised it, let, let, let's pursue. It, it, God promises what he desires. Do you hear me? God promises what he desires. What he, so God desires to see all this reconciliation and miracles and healing and, and restoration. And so he gives us all these promises to stand on. He does that because he wants to do it. So let's stand on the promise. Let's stand on the promise. And it's really quick. I want to close with this. Is that God works through encounters and process. Listen. I, I believe... I, I believe in encountering God in just magnificent ways. And those moments are so special, and sometimes we respond in different ways. We may cry, we may bow, we may weep, we may shout, we may dance. There, there's all, you know, we get filled in the Holy Spirit and speak in, in, in other tongues. It, we have these encounters with God, and it, it marks us. But I also believe that it happens sometimes through a process. And as, a, as someone who thrives on that moment, that encounter, that God baptizes in fire, but God also wants to make disciples. There's also process. And so God will, so many times God's will will be revealed through the process. And we have to remember that, that his ways are higher than our ways, his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. But listen, if you get ahead of the process because you're in a hurry or impatient, you know what happens, what I have seen, and it's happened in my own life, is that God lets us. If we get ahead of the process, God will let He's like, all right, go ahead. If you want to learn the hard way, then you go learn it. And even our own church, this last year, there was some huge opportunities presented to us and and we are praying about it and man we we're dreaming and thinking God, you know this could happen that can happen and I, I called a mentor of mine and he's the one that said those words to me I'll never forget it I, I was sitting in our in our preschool nursery I don't know why I was in there but that's where I was but I remember I was right there leaning on the desk and he said Todd he said what you have to remember that many times that God's will is revealed through the process he said don't short circuit the process and I'm so thankful for that because I believe that God spared us of possibly what well, could have been some bad decisions. And so, yes, those moments, we need those moments. But I, why am I saying that? Because I want you to know this morning that as we live this out, as we walk it out, we believe for the moment, like the lightning strike. You know what I mean? Like, and, and Here's a matter of fact, I want you to go ahead and stand this morning. Here's what we're going to do this tonight, today, is that we're going to, because we want to be a supernatural church, we're going to, we're going to pray this morning. We're going to pray for you. Thanks for tuning in to the Odessa First Assembly podcast. If you've enjoyed today's message, be sure to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform so you never miss an episode. You can also follow us on social media for updates and inspirational content throughout the week. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube at Odessa First AG. And if you're in the area, we'd love to have you join us in person for our Sunday morning services at 10.30 a.m. 
You could also catch our live stream on Facebook, YouTube, and Church Online. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next time on the Odessa First Assembly Podcast.